have here to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the anointing that rests on me and breaks every yoke. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Repeat after me. I'm going to get closer to Jesus today. I'm going to be strengthened in my faith and in my knowledge of the word. Grace and peace will be multiplied in my life today. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. stuff right there. Well, last week I finished or ended up uh, saying uh, or exposing how Paul or God had revealed to Paul in the uh, second chapter, uh, second Corinthians in the 12th chapter that his strength, God's strength that is, is made perfect. That's second Corinthians 12, 9 if you're wondering. And his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And how does God do this? He does this through the power of the Holy Spirit. But man, when we face the trials of life, it's hard to let go and let God, isn't it? <laughs> when you're the one in the fire, it's not always so easy. But that's where faith comes in. I said that's where faith comes in. And we know that Jesus will provide strength and comfort through the Holy Spirit to bring us through those trials. We can't withstand the pressures and the trials of this life without the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I'm just blessed, and I know you are too, and thankful that we don't have to. Amen. Praise God. Yes. In the 17th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, the good doctor, not the great physician, that's God. But Luke was a doctor, so we call him the good doctor. Luke chapter 17, verses 4 through 6, Jesus was talking about the power of faith. The disciples in this, I think it's a, a really honest and, and, and uh, interesting passage of scripture because the, the disciples here ask Jesus for faith to forgive. <laughs> Jesus said in the fourth verse of Luke 17, he said, even if he's thinking about your, your brother or sister or a person, come, sins against you seven times in a day and seven times returns to say, I repent, you must forgive him. We know in another place he even expanded this to 70 times seven. So it's really unlimited, isn't it? So we have to forgive. And the apostles, this is the only place he sent them out to heal the sick and open blind eyes and do work miracles and to minister in his name and the apostles here in the fifth verse say Lord increase our faith <laughs> you know it takes faith to forgive sometimes hallelujah and the Lord answered if, if, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed tiny little seed you can say to this mulberry tree, you just say you can you can ask God and he'll speak to that mulberry tree. No. He said, You can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. It's not the quantity of our faith, it's the quality, the purity. We just need to decide if God said it, that settles it. And listen, we're called to a life of faith. 
if it's matter of fact the word says if it's not a faith it's sin so it's that I mean there's no gray area here we find out that the, the fence sitters that the, the fence belongs to the devil doesn't it the Lord doesn't really make it optional Hebrews this is the Bible, uh, the book of the Bible that gives instructions for the men to make the coffee in the morning. I believe Paul wrote it, and most people do, but we don't know who the author is according to the word. So Hebrews chapter 10, verses 25 through 38. The writer says, not neglecting to meet together, do not forsake the assembling of thyselves together. And the King James, let me put it in text and go to church. Amen. <laughs> Don't neglect to meet together as is the habit of some. And here, look, he says you why, but encouraging one another you know, it's a family of believers, a body of Christ. We need to encourage one another, don't we? And he and tells you this, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And talking about the day that the Lord Jesus returns. And how many of you, just by a quick show of hands, believe that that day is, is drawing near? Me too. Yeah, so if it was drawing near 2,000 years ago, it's really drawing near now. Verse 26, for if we go on sinning, look at that, it says go to church, encourage each other as the day approaches, especially, and then he says, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, the gospel, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Remember I told you about when Moses hit that rock the second time? Oh no. Jesus is not going to be struck down again. Hallelujah. But a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Hell is real. Anyone who has set aside, he makes an example here. Anyone, anyone who set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much more punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. This is why I was getting to this really about forgiving. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. <coughs> and here's why you should pray for those, not only forgive them, but pray for them. Because it says the Lord is going to judge. And then it says in verse 31, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Let me tell you, he's not only going to take care of everything, but that's the, that's the judgment seat. That's the throne you don't want to approach. The great white throne judgment seat. That's, that's for unbelievers. And it's saying, well, why, why would, wouldn't you expect that that's right? I mean, for God to send his only son to be treated in such a manner and people just to disregard and disrespect that? <clears throat> it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, but recall the former days. Remember your former days? <laughs> When, after you were enlightened, 
Maybe some of you have been through some of this. You, you, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners to those who were so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a, a better possession. Huh? Everything in this life is only temporary. But we can rejoice knowing that we have a better possession than, than anything anyone can ever take from us. And an abiding one. It's eternal. It's everlasting. Forever. Therefore, we do not throw away, do not throw away your confidence. Listen to this now. Your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance. Your confidence in your acceptance and the love of God for you is going to help you endure all the struggles and trials of this life. You understand? So that when you've done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, with God, there's always times of refreshing. It's one of the great benefits of our salvation. Amen? Amen. Yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. Who are the righteous? Say, that's me. That's me. You're in right standing with God, aren't you? Yes. Did you earn that? Or did Jesus earn it for you? Correct. Amen. Amen. If my righteous one shall live by faith, if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God has a soul. He has a personality, a mind, and a will, and emotions, just like you do. Praise God. Amen. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. That's important because a lot of people see God as a tyrant. And it's not true. He's good and he has good for you. Hallelujah. He is love. So, the good news here, you'll never fall into the hands of the living God, as it speaks up here, the judgment of God, because you have faith in Jesus. Praise God. So you won't fall into the judgment of God because you've fallen into the arms of Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's good. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. But we still need to believe that he rewards those who seek him in faith. If we want to benefit in the sweet now and now. <laughs> huh? Jesus was saying, forgive and trust me with it. Forgive everything. Cast your cares on me. Let, let go of the baggage, man. Woman. <laughs> I, have, I have more for you than anyone ever took or will take from you. Just trust me. Joel chapter 2, verse uh, 25 and 26, he talks about, God says, I will restore the years that the, the, the destroyer has taken from you. He talks about the locusts and, and so forth and so on. But to summarize, the destroyer, the devil, has taken from you and, and you'll be satisfied and you will praise the Lord because of it. Because the way he has dealt so wonderfully with you. Amen. As a promise, hold on to. He said, just trust in me. Not only am I asking you to trust me, but I, I expect you to trust in me. That's faith. But look at this. When, when you are obedient in faith, you're rewarded in power and victory. 
You say it in faith and you'll see it. Amen. You say what the blood of Jesus has accomplished and is still doing on your behalf and you'll benefit from it. That's your part, your testimony. They overcame him. You overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Or this English Standard Version here says, Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Faith changes hope into reality. Faith changes hope into reality. We act in faith to lay hold of the desires of hope and bring them into this realm of reality that we are living in. This world, this life, this body, these finances, right here, right now. Hello. I was at Best Buy the other day. I laugh because I have an aversion to technical things. But I've had to go there quite a bit lately. An adapter for this, a something for that, a question about this. It's okay. Praise God. With every level, there's another devil. We just keep punching away. Fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. So I went to Best Buy. I met a young man there named Tu. T-U. Like the Spanish word for your. Your, right? Anyway, T-U. Great young man. And I saw by the Spirit that he knew the Lord. And I told him so. I said, so you know Jesus? So I, he said, yes, sir. Then he, he showed me his arm. He said, Hebrews 11.1, one, my favorite scripture. He showed me that I could see H-E-B-O. I could see it was tattooed on it. I said, ah, oh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yes, sir. Pray God. Yeah. I love it. So I told him, I said, you know, God has great things for you. And I prophesied over him a little bit and gave him a word of knowledge. And he was so blessed, he followed me out to the parking lot. He said him and his family are looking for a new church in there. Maybe we'll see him there, here one day. I gave him, I gave him my book the real Jesus. I told him, read it. If it blesses you, come to church and I'll sign it for you. Make it worth at least as much as it is now. But you know, you need to dream big. We need to see it. What we're dreaming for. with our godly imagination. See, the imagination in this world is usually considered something for fiction or something not good or not of God. You know, things like that. But a godly imagination is really hope. That's Christian hope. We use that 
to see and to hope and to dream big. And you know what that does? When we paint that picture of a desired reality in our future, it gives our faith a target. Jesus. I have to have somebody up here to catch me sometimes. <laughs> it does. It gives our faith a target. You see the importance of all that? Remember, forward or backward, the Lord was telling me last week on the way to church. Forward or backward, forward or backward. Are they forward thinkers or backward thinkers? Backward thinkers never going anywhere in this life. God is a God of the present, a God of the future. Amen. Amen. Cares very little about the past, your failures or your successes, really. Not that he doesn't care. It's just, okay, you know, not no time. No time for all that. We got, we got, I got way too much to do. Way too much still for you. For you. In this beautiful future. See, hope is always, hope is always in the future tense. Hmm? Faith is when? Now. Faith is now. It produces action. Faith will always produce an action on your part. It's not a work, so it's not an action, but it's, it produces action. You know? And when it does, when you, put, when you send your faith out, think of it like an arrow hitting that target of hope. You, you, you lose it. You, you send your faith out. Don't let it rest. Until it, it retrieves what you're hoping for. That dream, that vision, that godly hope inside of you. The Holy Spirit, so many people are just waiting. William, it is I, your father. That big voice from heaven. Or knock on the door. <laughs> Jesus said, he'll knock on my door, and if I open it, I've been waiting. <laughs> Listen. The Holy Spirit speaks to us in lots of ways. And we need to, we don't want to put God in a box. He speaks to us through, what's the Bible say in the book of Acts? Through dreams and, and visions. Huh? You old guys are having dreams. I'm young, so I'm having visions. That's how he said it. <laughs> dreams and visions and Desires of the heart. Yeah. Now I know there are ungodly desires that some people have. But if it's God, it will always be directing you in peace, in righteousness, in joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, huh? That's how God speaks. That's how He guides. That's how you know it's Him. Would Jesus do this? You know? Just be sure the voice that you're hearing, because everything has a voice. And everything has ears. Maybe not like we know, but he just said, you can say to this mulberry tree, and it will obey you. 
So, I mean, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Everything has a voice. Even a hypocrite fig tree in one place where Jesus told it, curses it, and it died at the roots and shriveled up to it. You've heard him. Our words are important. why we have to be very careful with how we speak to children and to anyone. You know, when the parents, when they constantly talking negatively to a child, you know, that child doesn't stop loving those parents. stops loving itself. Hearing the voice of God, knowing Him, is so important to cultivate that. We did that. Great man of God, Russell Morfing, was here and worked with you guys on that. I, I tried to follow up with more teaching about it. But we never want to get away from it, you know. See, your feelings, your feelings are the voice of your body. Your reasoning, hmm, that's the voice of your mind. Your conscience is the voice of the spirit. Listen to that inner witness. That still small voice of God. Not the devil. He has a different voice. Listen, many Christians have struggled with lots of things. You know? <laughs> right? That's why you don't necessarily just go to church to find a husband or a wife or a new bestie or whatever. <laughs> Hope you do, but not without praying first. A lot. A lot. A lot. Right? I mean, the church is like a hospital, isn't it? And not everyone is responding well to treatment. Yet. Yet. Praise God. But if they will stay, it's your church. If they will stay, you can help people with this. If they will stay in a hard place, uh, Raising Truth Church, perhaps, pretty soon they'll be sitting on the mountaintop. The word and the anointing will either edify you or expose you. It will draw you or drive you away. That's right. But we're just going to keep on loving them. I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. That's, that's our attitude. Amen. Amen. Christians have struggled sometimes with Lots of traps of the devil, for sure. But two things that Christians should never deal in are fear and doubt. Those are the devil's narcotics. Look in. Matthew chapter 14, the Gospel of Matthew, the 14th chapter, the first book of the New Covenant, Matthew chapter 14, just a couple of scriptures here, well, you know, 
This is when <laughs> this is when this is when Jesus was walked up to the boat with the disciples in it, walked up on water. And they and this is the time when Peter also walked on water. Okay. Matthew chapter 14 and and uh, I'll, I'll go down to the 28th verse because Jesus had come up and they'd scared him. They thought it was a ghost and and he told him he, he said take heart don't don't be afraid <laughs> it, it's me don't be afraid and, and in the 28th verse it's and Peter answered him Lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water. He boxed him in. He, he didn't really give Jesus an out on that. You see that? It was him. <laughs> Command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Now one word from God has the power and authority and the ability of God to carry out all of the instructions that he's given you regarding whatever thing it is. You see what I'm saying? That word come from, from Jesus is what gave Peter the ability to walk on the water. You see? And he said come. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. In the, the 30th verse but when he, Peter, saw the wind, he was afraid. He was afraid. Fear came upon him and beginning to sink. You ever seen anyone begin to sink? <laughs> begin to sink? <laughs> I've always had an experience. You jump off a pier, I don't begin to sink. I just sink. <laughs> he began to sink. He was walking on the water and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. And then Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That's interesting. That in the 31st verse he says that. When in the 30th verse he said some, it was something else. See, the reason that Peter began to sink was his fear. What? In verse 31, Jesus calls Peter's fear doubt. Fear is just negative faith. Yeah? yeah? Faith in evil. Confidence in what the devil can do and will do more than what God's love and goodness has and will provide. You see? Where did that fear come from? Because 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But of power and of love and of sound mind or self-control in the English standard version. So the fear didn't come from God, so it was the devil. Yeah? And it was able to come upon Peter for the same reason that it's able to come upon you and me. Any of us. He, he took his attention off of Jesus and he put it on his situation. Yeah? He was a fisherman. He knew the, the rough seas and <laughs> the wind and the waves and all that were, were dangerous. And, and he knew also that he couldn't walk on water in his natural mind. And he began to think about these things and look around and he took his mind off Jesus, his focus off Jesus. And he put his focus on his situation and circumstances. 
Fear and doubt, they can't just overcome us. We have to let them. We do. We can reject them. And I, I didn't say it's easy. I didn't say I never need y'all to remind me of this. When I'm in the fire, I do. But that's what a friend will do. Tell you what God says. If Peter had kept his focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of his faith, according to Hebrews 12, 2, he wouldn't have been afraid. And he wouldn't have started sinking. He got his mind on the wind and the wave. He knew it wasn't natural to walk on water. Well, he couldn't have walked on that water if it was as slick as glass out there without Jesus. <laughs> so the wind had very little to do with the supernatural event that was taking place. Circumstances just took his focus off of the master of all things and it led him back into the, the, the flesh, back into his carnal thinking. That's when Satan <coughs> comes. That's, that's how he comes. That's what he tries to do with you and me. He tries to distract us with negative thinking about our situations and circumstances. Peter began to sink. He said, so to me that implies the reason I made a big deal out of that is because it implies that he was having a spiritual tug of war. You can be operating in faith and unbelief Simultaneous. When it's trying to come upon you, you're trying to stand in faith and you, the fear keeps coming in and you're, it's like, you, you see, uh, like Pong or table tennis in your head. <laughs> no, I want to believe God. No, but this is a pong. God's got me into such a mess he can't even fix it. You see? Spiritual tug of war. When Peter needed to rule out all the negative stuff and stay completely focused on Jesus. If we'll turn our focus on Jesus and cast all our cares upon him, he'll save us from drowning every time and all our problems. Nothing too big for him. And he delights in the prosperity of his children. Third John 2, beloved, I, I wish above all things that thou be in good health and prosper, even as thy soul prospers. See, the correlation, though, your soul, the mind, the will, and emotions. See, your spirit's always joyful, always in agreement, always in faith. You're born again, spirit, if you're born again. It's your soul is the decider. That's the battleground, remember? That's where the ping pong, that's where the tug of war is taking place. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. So there's a correlation. You get this thing in agreement with your born-again spirit, you will prosper and be in good health. Amen. This world makes people negative. Amen. Yes. The world just makes people negative. There's some people that are just, you know, more cheerful than others, and others just seem like they just, they're born like the boss baby, you know, just <laughs> negative. But the world will definitely make you negative, and the more of the world you put in, the more negative you'll be. Yes. But negative people, when we're negative, we miss out on the blessings of God. Yes. This is designed to help us, not to... Not to hurt us or pick on us. Because we've all been negative. 
But Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. That word conform there in the Greek is the same as to be poured into the mold of. Do not be poured into the mold of this world. That means that we have a choice. It means we can disallow that. You're going to be poured into somebody's mold. Mm -hmm. Let it be God's. It said, be you transformed like a metamorphosis, like a, a butterfly, a caterpillar to a butterfly. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind mm -hmm. through this word right here with the help of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, we get some good stuff here, folks. You say, I just, I don't have faith. I've heard this many, many times. I've even had preachers tell me when I was believing for something, they said, well, I, I, I don't have that faith, that kind of faith. Or, they never told me they didn't have faith. They just told me they didn't have that kind of faith. See, you do have faith. You do have faith or you wouldn't be saved. It takes faith to believe. And we've all been given the measure of faith. Just like in the child line. Same scooper. For everybody. But see. That's why there's in these translations of the Bible. They, they tweak these things. And they try to capture the essence of the real meaning. And your little faith. Your, your weak faith. In one place, the NIV says, you're, because of your lack of faith, it's not true. It says because of your unbelief. Because they have faith, but they're, they're struggling with the, the battle was with their unbelief, the tug of war. That's why in my NIV, I crossed out that. <laughs> That's the only place. But I don't want to get down that rabbit trail. <laughs> You do have faith, yes. but it may be very weak. Huh? Something that maybe describes little faith or weak faith or small faith or whatever. It's just you have the same group of muscles on the skeleton that we live in, but some are more stronger than others, you see? For they, they get stronger with use, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the same way it is in the spiritual. That's a great natural example of a spiritual truth. Think of your faith like a muscle. The same with all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You have all of them in your born-again spirit. You just need to exercise them. Practice them. I have a nephew. I tell him all the time. You just need to stand on this one scripture for now. Let your gentleness be known to all men. Well, I'm just, I, no. Yeah, but, no. Get your yeah, but out of the way. <laughs> I have good news for you, though. If you don't, if you say you don't have faith, which, which you already disproved that, what it is, it's just weak. You have, if you don't have strong faith, you can get it. That's good news. Because we need it. We call it to a life of faith. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have strong faith, you can get it. Romans 10 17, doesn't it say that faith comes? Sure does. <laughs> faith comes. That's the first two words. Or maybe it's now faith comes. But anyway, faith comes. And then it tells you how. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've heard it said faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. That's why... That's why I, I love, I can tell people, you know, that really just love God. I just, I, I, you, you look at them and just, uh, 
you can minister on, on John 3, 16. You know, probably maybe one of the first scriptures we all had to learn as a child. And they'll just act as involved and interested. And like they're being fed like a baby bird when that minister is preaching it. For the thousandth time in their life, they've heard someone minister on it. Because that's, that's today's food. That's, to, that's the fresh manna, you see. This word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's our daily bread. I want to be thin in this natural body and fat in my spirit. <laughs> so, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See? So, it takes time. It does take time. You can't microwave your faith. You can't microwave a relationship with God. It demands your attention. You have to get into the Word of God. Get it in your heart. That's the ultimate goal. And over time, you will develop a hearing heart for God. And then you'll have that that, that belt of truth that someone talked about last week. You'll have that belt of truth because this is the truth. Jesus is the truth. And this Bible is Jesus without eyeballs. <laughs> and you'll have that belt of truth on so you can't be deceived by all the lies of the devil. And now you're full of God's truth. And that belt of truth is holding your spiritual pants up so you don't show your honey butt all the time. <laughs> we need it. We all need this truth. Or we're going to believe something else. It's going to make us foolish. <laughs> Then we've developed that ear for God. Then faith comes. You see? You make it a priority. See? We, faith will manifest once we have the, the word, the belt, the truth. We have, we're full of the truth. We developed an ear for God. Then faith comes. And now, now what's going to come as, as we... As we walk in that, as we live a life of faith, it's going to manifest health in our bodies. It's going to manifest healing and, and for your whole body. And Because the word is like medicine, the Bible describes. Yeah. You just read Proverbs 4 and it'll tell you. Give attention. Attention to the word. Talks all about it. Incline your ear. Give attention to the word. Make it important in your life. See, we prioritize everything in our life. We, we put some priority on it. Whether it's very little, back burner, front burner, important to us. Huh? We all eat food. We put some value on that, don't we? <laughs> yeah. We, we sleep. I don't do well without eight hours sleep. I've just never been good at that. Some people can get by a little. I, I prioritize. I need some sleep. Big thing. Problem is, we don't put a big priority sometimes on, on reading our Bible. You know, and we should. It should be important to us. We should keep it in the midst of our heart. That is the goal. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Feed your faith and starve your fears. Yes. Feed your faith and starve your fears. Feed your faith and starve your fears. Amen. 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 <laughs> Proverbs 4.23 
a little later on after it tells you how to incline your ear and place priority on the word. And in the 23rd verse of Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Guard your heart above all else, that, for from it come the issues of life. Talk about the importance of protecting and nurturing the word in our heart and keeping all that ugly out, the bitterness and unforgiveness and, and hurt and pain. Because what's in your heart is going to direct your life. Your entire life will be directed from what's in your heart. The good news is if your heart is not pure, or if your heart's been injected with all the negative of the world, the Word of God will purify it. Amen. If you allow. That's God's sincere desire for us. He loves us. He wants us to prosper in every way. Spirit, soul, and body. And He is faithful. He's faithful. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop right there this week. That's good. The Lord had a lot of good stuff to say. I can't wait to hear this message. Y'all got to know when I'm just having fun in the Lord. Amen. He's so good to us. He's good. All the time. And all the time. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all of your blessings. We thank you for your food. We thank you for this word today and this lovely group of your children that we have come together to worship you and to grow in your truth. Thank you for helping us to have a hearing hearts and, and uh, to walk in a life of faith. Give us visions and dreams and desires of your heart, Lord. You said that when we put you first, that you will give us the desires of our heart. Thank you, Lord, because we want your desires to be our desires. Place your desires in our heart that we might walk in agreement with you. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.